Thank you for joining Unbossing the Podcast with your host, me, Kimberly Weston Moore. Come on in, come on in, come on in. I am ready to top priorities today. We are all under construction. What are your priorities? What y'all got going on today? Okay. What are you doing? What does your day look like? What is it consistent of? It's time for us to get it together because we are now under construction. I hope you're ready to emboss because I am ready to go ahead and dig right on in and just discuss what our priorities are as Christians and believers. And so, of course, I'm going to start with the story as always. As an HR professional, I taught a program known as Franklin Covey. And so some of you may be familiar with Franklin Covey. Those of you who are not, this program uh, was built to assist everyday people with managing their time. So what I would do with the training, and typically I would train managers, I would discuss with the group the seven habits of effective people. Within the training, and I want you to listen very, very closely if you're not familiar with this training, within the training, they provide a matrix. And that matrix consists of four quadrants. Okay, so it consists of four quadrants. Those particular quadrants are urgent and important, which is quadrant one. Then there's not urgent and important, which is quadrant two. Then there's urgent, not important, which is quadrant three. And there's not urgent, not important, which is quadrant four. Urgent and important matters consist of common activities such as crisis medical emergencies. So those are the things that we're really going through in emergency situation where we just really need to spring into action. Then there's the not urgent, but important. In this space, some of the common activities are preparing and planning, determining the values and getting clarification for them being empowered, relationship building. So really getting that focus. Then there's quadrant three. Quadrant three is the urgent, not important. That quadrant specifically has common activities such as meeting other people's needs. How many of us do that? We, we quickly go to other people's needs and address those before we dress our own. So we use caution or avoid. So the key action in that situation, we use caution and we're, we're in that state of avoidance because we're meeting others' needs and priorities and their expectations. We're frequently interrupted with mundane tasks, things that we really don't have to worry about, but we really worry about them because it makes us look like we're busy. And then there's quadrant four, it gets even more deeper than quadrant three, where you're doing activities that are mindless, like TV watching, scrolling social media, 
just perusing through emails, finding the latest ad to figure out where to buy your next outfit. When I would conduct these trainings, my first course of action would always be to ask the managers, what quadrant do you see yourself in? And so I'm going to turn that to you. What quadrant are you working in right now? And whatever you're going through right now today, when you really look at your priorities and your things to do, when it comes to your spiritual walk, are you working in urgent and important? Are you working in not urgent or important? Maybe you're working in urgent and not important, and maybe you might be working in not urgent and not important. So like you, I've binged on Netflix, watched social media, walked aimlessly around the mall, figuring out my next outfit that I don't need, just doing random things to fill my time. So what quadrant do you believe God wants us to work in? Just like our employers, they want us to be focused on the task. They want us to actually get things done to meet the goals of the organization. God wants us to work in the important, not urgent area because he wants us to do the same thing. He wants us to work on our temples. So some of you may say, you know what? I don't even know what a temple is. Are we talking a physical building or are we really talking about something else? So let me bring in a scripture for you that may help you. First Corinthians chapter six, verses 19 through 20 tells us, haven't you yet learned that your body is the home of the Holy Spirit God gave you? And that he lives within you. Your own body does not belong to you. For God has brought you with great price. Remember, his son died on the cross for us. Okay. So this verse goes on to saying, so use every part of your body to give glory back to God because he owns it. After listening to the Bible verse, I know, I know you may be thinking, look, this is my body. This body is mine. And you know what, Kimberly, I can do whatever I want with it because it's mine and I own it. And guess what I'm going to tell you today? Listen in. God gives us options. He allows us to choose him. But My question to you is, why be enslaved to your own desires? When you unboss and become a Christian, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And at that point, you are no longer living in your own body. We are living in God's temple. So so I think I should break it down just a little bit more, just in case someone still has further questions. As you may know, or maybe you don't, I live in a foreign country. Yes, I'm giving you an example right now. And so, of course, all of us are experiencing COVID-19, this current pandemic, and every store has rules. And they put up these lovely, beautiful signs in the language 
within the country that I'm in. And guess what? I can't read the signs. So I just try to look at body language. So I'm checking to see if people are walking in and walking out, what the person in front of me, are they taking a basket? Are they taking a paperclip or whatever it is that they give you at the door to make sure they have the right count of people going in and out? So let me preface this by saying there was no one manning the store, okay? So, of course, me being the individual thinker I am, I decided to go in the store because I saw this one woman come out without a buggy or a cart. And so I walk in and I am in pure amazement because they have so many beautiful items for such great low prices. Okay. And so I'm picking up stuff. I'm getting random things, pins, beautiful decorations for my desk. And one of the employees stopped me. Mind you, I'm holding lamps. I ha- At this point, I have pillows. I have pins. I think I even had a basket, a picture, all kinds of stuff in my hands. Because when I say the prices were low, the prices were low. But the employee, he looked at me and he said, you're not following the rules. Where is your cart? In his language, this is what he tells me. Where is your cart? And I'm like, I, are you saying cart like a buggy? I don't have one. I just got my hands. And he says, you're, you're violating the rules. You're not doing the right thing. So I'm saying, sir, I'm pleading to him, sir, it is not my intentions to violate the policy of this business. All I wanted to do is come check out these great low prices and purchase me some decorations. That's all I wanted to do. So he chastised me a little bit more, telling me that the next time I come to the store, I need to make sure that I follow the rules because otherwise I will not be allowed to come to the store. And I continue to plead with him to let him know that, sir, I didn't know that that was the rules. And as he's walking away, he said, I'll let you shop now without a basket, but don't do it again. And so I kind of turn around uh, to leave the store because at that point I'm like, well, I'm going to have to come in, come back in here and make it a whole day trip because it's really a nice store. But he says to me, ma'am, I found a basket like a ram in the bush. This man found a basket. And I told him, yes, I am no longer violating the company policy. I am no longer violating the rules. I know you're probably thinking, where am I going with this? But when you go into the store, I'm getting somewhere. When you go into the store, are you wearing your mask properly, social distancing, or are you violating the rules? Certainly you're not violating the rules of the store. You're making sure that you follow it to the key. Now, I have seen some videos as I peruse through social media where people are intentionally violating the rules, but surely you are not one of those people. So I'm going to ask you, why is it so easy for us not to violate businesses or our rental homes or 
the policies within our organizations. But we can easily violate the temple of God, the temple that God has given us. Remember, our bodies are God's temple and we must not violate his standards for living. But before we discuss anything else, I want to talk a little bit about how to work, how to effectively work in quadrant two spiritually. But I do need to discuss quadrants one, three, and four a little bit further. So quadrant one, urgent and important, that is when many of us as believers, we call on God. When we need help managing urgent situations we're experiencing, we instantly call on him when we need him. Um, those are crises, things, deadlines. We might be at work and we have something hot that comes across the table and we're praying to God that it gets done. We might have medical emergencies that have to get done. Or maybe even there are some other pressures that are happening in the world or within our families, whatever it is that we absolutely want to get it taken care of. And we pray at that moment. We pray just for that specific thing and then then we do nothing else. Then let's talk about quadrant three. Those are those urgent but not important. So listen closely, the urgent but not important. So my first question is, why do we do that? Why in the world do we even focus on things that are not a priority? Or even why do we focus on things when we haven't even took the time to focus on ourselves? So in quadrant three, we'll find ourselves working on meeting other people's priorities and their expectations. We'll get frequent interruptions. Um, So whether it's your friend calling you and you all talking about certain things, text, or some of us, our favorite thing to do is just go on social media and do what they call trolling and figuring out what is going on in Kimberly's life today. We just look busy. We look like we're doing something. But there's no substance to it. It's deception. But guess what? You are only deceiving yourself because God knows better. Then there's quadrant four. Now this digs even deeper than quadrant three. This is where we talk about waste. Some of the common activities are mindless TV watching. You know, the binge watching that I talked about earlier, watching those shows that really resonate with you or take you away from whatever day-to-day things you you have to accomplish. Or maybe it's even busy work. And then the trolling gets even more serious and it takes you completely away from what you're expected to do. And you're just surfing the web aimlessly. So surely all of us have been a victim in one of those quadrants. And I will tell you some of the quadrants, they do bleed into each other because it just increases as you move from three to four. You can see you go from deception to pure waste. You are avoiding something in quadrant three, but in quadrant four, you're wasting. 
okay? We never want to waste away, okay? Especially when it comes to our spirituality. We never want to deceive. We never want to act like we're doing something when we're really not. So you could be sitting there with a Bible and you could be going to church and you could be doing all this stuff and, and you can still be working in quadrant three because you're sitting there, you're trying to meet other people's needs. You're trying to give, you're trying to do all these things, but you're not working on your temple. And we're going to talk about that. Or you could be doing nothing in quadrant four. You can be sitting at home seeming like you're busy, but you're not actually busy. And you can be seeming like you, hey, I want to go to church. I want to be spiritual. I want to learn God. I want to work on my temple. I want to set the priority on God because God is the priority. I want him to lead my life. You can be doing all of that and be in waste because you're not doing what you need to do to prepare your temple. And so we're going to talk more about that. But surely all of us have been a victim in at least one of those quadrants. I mean, I know I have. But many of us also know how great it feels when you take preventative measures and focus. When you focus, you're able to avoid spending your day doing things that have no substance or add value to your kingdom walk. So now that we know that we are the temple and we need to avoid lingering in quadrants one, three, and four, let's go ahead and discuss how to spiritually work in quadrant two, the important, not urgent quadrant. This quadrant in the business world is where you would find your focus. So you would focus on those tasks in order to push the companies or the organization's strategic plan forward to move it into the way in which the business wants to go. So this is the same focus. This is the same quadrant that God wants us to focus in on so that we can move further in building our temple. So the common activities of quadrant two are preparation and planning, values and clarification, relationship building, and true recreation. My God, how does that minister to you? Just to take a deeper dive into that, let's go ahead and discuss Haggai. So a little background first. When the first Jews returned from Babylon and their goal was to rebuild the temple right away, They started with the right attitudes, but they changed back into negative behavior and work came to a standstill. So many of us start out a job and we're extremely excited about it. And then we get the job and we're not happy with it anymore. And so we become stagnant. We become still and still. We become that person that's not doing anything that we are supposed to be doing for the job or we're just getting the job done and we're going home. We don't have the right attitudes at the beginning. Same thing when it comes to spirituality. Many of us get so excited to begin our worship. So we go to church, we purchase new Bibles, we come in there, we strut in our new dresses or our our new outfits. We have 
everything we need to equip us to be ready to receive the word, to be ready to read the word and really dive in and learn it. But then something hits us one day, something something gets inside of us, then we become still. We get to a standstill. And so in Haggai chapter 1, verse 2, the Lord asked, why is everyone saying it is not the right time for rebuilding my temple? So now that we know that we are the temple, when is the right time for you to rebuild it for the Lord? When is it the right time for you to rebuild your temple for the Lord? I am here to tell you today that the time is now. Do not, um, I repeat, do not be still and still. Move as God has asked you to move. Because Haggai chapter one, verses three through four, the Lord tells us, listen, is it then the right time for you to live in luxurious homes when the temple lies in ruins? Listen, my family, listen. Do you know what a ruin is? The dictionary describes this as a physical destruction or a disintegration of something or the state of disintegrating or being destroyed. I got a question for you. Come on in. Come on in. You know you got to get close. Turn it up if you're driving. If you're vacuuming, turn it on up. Get let's, let's come on. Turn it up. Does your temple lie in ruins? Are you working in quadrant four? Not urgent and not important? Are you just wasting away? I got some more questions. Do you have your luxury, but don't have God? Listen, I, I got a secret. You know, I like to have, I, I, I share my secrets. If that is your situation today, change it up. Because the Lord tells us in Haggai chapter one, verse five, he says, look, at the result, you plant much, but you harvest little. You have scarcely enough to eat or drink and not enough clothes to keep you warm. Your income disappears as though you were putting it into pockets filled with holes. Listen, we are all under construction. Okay, so don't ever be ashamed. But I'm going to also tell you that if this is you, you're going to have to switch it up, turn it up, do whatever you need to do. Because many times we think that donations, spending time, volunteering is, is enough. But God wants more. He wants us. So why not give yourself to him? The Lord continues in verse seven, giving you a chance. He, give, he, gives us, he gives us so many chances. He says in Haggai chapter one, verses seven through eight, he says, think it over. Consider how you have been acting and what has happened as a result. Then go up into the mountains and bring down timber and rebuild my temple. 
and I will be pleased with it and appear there in my glory, says the Lord. He gives us a chance. He tells us, listen, hold up. Just think about it. Think about it for a second. Then what I want you to do, listen, he gives us the resources. We just need to take our hands, take our hands to do what we need to do to rebuild the temple. And he tells us, come back, come back to him. But even better, he tells us, listen, all of this is my time, but I'm giving you a choice to do what I have asked you to do. That is what God is saying. So in verse nine, the Lord continues to say, you hope for much, but get so little. And when you bring it home, I blow it away. It doesn't last at all. Why? Because my temple lies in ruins and you don't care. He says, your only concern is your own fine homes. That is why I am holding the rains from heaven and giving you such scant crops. Have you ever heard the saying? My great grandmother would say it all the time. It go in one hand and out the other. Or maybe you've heard the saying, see money come, see money go. Listen, start caring. He wants you to care. He no longer wants your temple to lie in ruins. He wants you to rebuild today. Start rebuilding your temple today. So let's talk about how to work in quadrant two. How to prepare, how to plan, how to get ready to rebuild your temple. So the first thing is to start preparation and planning. Right now is an opportune time to prepare yourself. If you do not have a Bible, go ahead, purchase one or just download the Bible app. There's a few out there. Review, Look at the reviews and choose one that resonates or ministers to you. Research churches and watch their services online. Purchase a journal to help take notes. And like I always say, pray to God and surrender to him. Ask him to help lead you on your journey to rebuilding your temple. Understanding that God values you is so important. Gain clarification by reading and studying the Bible for your own understanding. There are many resources available to assist you with rebuilding your temple. And if you need help, you can always contact me at unbossingme.com. If you are feeling disconnected, know that God is with you. Talk to him. Talk to him about your troubles and he will guide you on a path that is free from ambiguity. How will he do that? Because if you truly unboss, if you truly let go and let God, 
You will leave it in his hands and allow him to provide you the resources to do the work to rebuild your temple. And at that point, you don't have to worry about it because it's already done. Then we move on to relationship building. God wants a relationship with you. In Haggai chapter 1 verse 13, he tells us, I am with you. I will bless you. And the Lord gave them a desire to rebuild his temple. Listen, God is with you. He has told us that he will bless us. And in addition to that, when we turn to him, he will provide us the tools such as giving us the desire to rebuild his temple. So if we turn to him, he will do what needs to be done for true recreation of our temples. Determine your priorities today. Determining your priorities is of the utmost importance. Putting God as number one and turning to him to rebuild your temple is your priority. As believers of Christ, it is our job to rebuild our temple if it has become ruined and not just turn to God as a necessity. Turn to him as the priority. Are you ready to stop avoiding the rebuilding of your temple? I encourage you to begin your preparation today. God is waiting for you to turn the ruins into his temple. Well, I have had such a wonderful time sharing with you today. Don't forget to like my Facebook page at Unboss Me. Follow me on Instagram at Unboss underscore me. And check out my website and sign up for my mailing list at unbossingme.com. You can do all or you can do one. I just want to be able to help reach you and answer any questions that you may have. I look forward to hearing from you and please, please, please make sure that you get into that mode of going under construction and rebuilding your temple. And with that, I give you the challenge. The challenge to be still, let go, and let God. The challenge to unboss.